All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Daddy Long, that guy. And shout out to Real Life Crew. Hey, you're one of 12 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. Yeah, you know what? The, to define that uh, uh, better, um, I think the key there is. Uh, zero cat, zero cat, zero cat, zero cat. I just lost my trend of thought. Welcome to episode 141 of Nation Real Life here on the Nation Network, and we have a fantastic guest, a fantastic Mary Brown's pop-in. Joining us on the line is newly retired defenseman, former Oilers defenseman, Eric Griba. Eric, thanks for your time today. Uh, I want to start with the retirement announcement. Uh, When did you kind of come to that decision, and why did you feel like now was the right time to hang up the skates? Yeah, it was uh, probably about a week into um, training camp in Calgary there. And I just, um, you know, the, my body was starting to kind of, I felt, give out of me. And I wasn't, you know, I just didn't think I was going to be able to play at the level I wanted to. And, uh, you know, I kind of I wasn't enjoying going to the rink as much as I'd used to. So I decided to, for everyone involved, to step away and, um, you know, take on the next challenges in my life. So as an Oilers fan, Eric, it wasn't because the idea of playing in Calgary was so horrible that you decided <laughs> to hang up your skates forever. Yeah, well, I mean, I put that, that jersey on for the first practice, and I was like, oh, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. <laughs> um, Eric, I want to go back through your career a little bit, starting with kind of your minor hockey days. You're a Saskatchewan guy. That's where you played your minor hockey. Uh, wh- at what point when you were younger did you kind of sit there and have the realization like, man, I, I think the NHL is like a real goal here? Um, I mean, the NHL was always a goal. I mean, I never thought... I never thought it was going to happen, you know, to tell you the truth. I mean, I knew, you know, I was talented, but I was never the best. 
by any means. I was never a superstar growing up. It was, um, you know, my, my dreams are like, well, if I, geez, if I could, you know, at first it was like, oh, if I could play in the WHL, that'd be great. But then I had planned, then I, you know, had goals to, um, play in the NCAA. So, and then that, had, you know, and then I was like, oh, if I can get a scholarship, that would be unbelievable. And then, you know, I just kept kind of grinding my way through the different levels and kept, you know, I, you know, luckily I played on a lot of good winning teams um, and just kept kind of advancing from level to level until I finally made it to the NHL. Was there a moment kind of, was it whether you're at Boston University or somewhere else where you thought, yes, the NHL is a goal, but this is actually going to happen for me? Yeah, I think that probably happened, um, I'd say maybe my last two years at Boston University. Um, you know, I was really starting to, you know, come into my own as a player, find my game, um, you know, find the role that I knew I'd be able to play, you know, at the next level. So, you know, I had good coaches that kind of um, helped me realize, you know, what would make, what's going to make me successful, you know, in the collegiate ranks, but also, you know, moving on into the next levels. You know, I'd coach, you know, like Jack Parker and um, David Quinn, they're the corner of the Rangers. So, I mean, they're, they were really instrumental in, you know, basically saying, hey, you know, you need to play this style of game and, you know, those are going to be your best chance. You know, that's going to be the best chance to make it to the National League. So you eventually did make it to the NHL. You made your debut in 2012. Do you remember the specifics of that debut and were there any moments that, like, really stood out to you? Um, I mean, the whole thing was a whirlwind. I mean, I know it was dash one in my second shift. <laughs> uh, so that, <laughs> I remember that pretty clearly. But no, it was that was a you know a cool moment. My mom was able to fly into town because it was a last minute kind of deal. So she made it, and you know my dad and my friends and family at home were able to watch it on the TV. And it was um, you know it was obviously a, a dream come true. As cliche it is, you know as it is, every kid dreams of playing in the NHL, and I got to do it. So in Toronto, you know, which was pretty cool as well. Did you have like a welcome to the NHL moment? Something kind of like I'm facing off against player X where you kind of looked down the ice and you thought, oh shit, we're actually doing this. I'm in the big dance now. Yeah, I think it was my second or third game. We, were, we went to Jersey. We were playing in Jersey and there's like Marty Roder at the red line stretching, you know, and you, <laughs> and I'm like, holy, like that was like, that was the moment. Wow. This just got like real. We're a podcast, so we're allowed to get a little bit edgy. Not that I'm expecting you to say anything out of turn yeah. here, but uh, what about off the ice? Like, as a rookie, was there one moment where, like, away from the rink, you were kind of just like, okay, like, this is the NHL. Like, was there a welcome to the NHL moment off the ice for you? Um, well, I had a couple a couple good ones. I mean, just the way you're treated right, you know, right off the bat. I mean, you know, instead of taking buses and, uh, you know, you're on plane, private planes and there's wine on the plane and beer. And, you know, I'm like, holy shit, like, this is, this is unbelievable. <laughs> and, then, um, no, I had, I actually had a good one. I think I was, I was 13 games in and, uh, I had a, uh, our, our coach at the time, Paul McLean called me in and I had a couple, you know, couple, 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 there are a couple tough games and a couple minuses. And he, he comes and he sits me down and he's like, uh, Greg, so how, how are you playing that day? I'm like, ah, I don't know. Last couple of games have been great. He's got to agree with that. And he's like, yeah, I just want to let you know something. I'm like, what? He's like, you've played 13 games, not 1,300. Start acting like it. Now get out of my office. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then the whole, yeah, and then the whole, the whole team got a hold of, they, somehow they found out about it and they started calling me Mr. 1,300. So I took abuse for that for about a year. <laughs> 
when you get feedback like the coach from like that from the coach, what does that do for you as a player? Does it push you for, forward in terms of having to work harder? Did you talk to your teammates about what you could do to play better? How do you handle that? Yeah, I mean, you're you're relying on you know. I mean, for me personally, it was always you know a motivator. Okay, like well, I have to be better. Um, so that's you know watching my teammates, talking to coaches, doing film, and always, especially my my younger years, I did a ton of of film. You know, going over my game with like the D coach, you know, all the different situations, you know, what, and then, you know, little things after practice, like, you know, what little, little kind of plays, you know, those little pops in the middle, those little, those little plays that maybe go unnoticed to the average fan, but make a huge deal when, uh, you know, when you're in the heat of the game. Moving forward a little bit with your career here in uh, the summer of 2015, you were eventually traded to Edmonton. Uh, obviously exciting for us here at Oilers Nation. We all remember that. Um, as a Prairie guy, what do you remember about being traded here to Edmonton? And were you excited to kind of return to Western Canada? Yeah, I was really excited to, to be closer to home. Um, yeah, I was super excited. And, you know, that, you also remember at that time, I and mean, I got traded on draft day. And that was the day, Connor, you know, you guys got Connor. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I mean, this, yeah, it's a pretty big day in Oilers history. So, uh, you know, to to know going in, you know, I can be playing with a player of that caliber, um, you know, and obviously the new GM and, you know, knew everything. So it was, it was very, very exciting to go to a team that, you know, was making a serious push to rebuild. You mentioned being acquired on the same day as uh, Connor McDavid arrived. Do you have like a Connor McDavid moment, like your kind of first experience against him, whether it was just meeting him in the room, going up against him in practice, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's like I, I'm trying to explain him. It's like he has the cheat code to hockey. You know, if you're playing Xbox, he just has the cheat code. Yeah, he's got a game it's genie. Fair. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's just not fair. Like, what? you can't do that. But yeah, and it's, you know... <laughs> Sometimes in practice, you know, especially the first few times, you know, you'd be like, okay, like, well, maybe he's not like that fast. But then after a while, I realized he was just slowing down for us to make us defensive and not feel bad about ourselves. You know, and then he just, I think he just didn't want to, you know, he just didn't want to hurt our confidence or make us feel bad or anything like that. So he's kind of slowing it down a little bit just to make sure, you know, still pushing us, but like really wasn't trying to embarrass anybody out there. And you could, you know, you could tell that, that good. Obviously, as an Oiler, you knew about the history of the team and how it had been a long stretch without the playoffs here. What was it like to be a member of the team that got the Oilers back into the playoffs and just your general vibe in the city at that time? Yeah, I mean, I knew it's been, you know, such a a long period of, you know, playoff dry years. And, you know, that was a pretty special year, a pretty special team, Um, you know, with Oh, you know, Talbs having the year that he had and, um, you know, making it to the playoffs and, and, and the way we made it in the playoffs. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was really special to be a part of it. And the city was obviously electric. Everything was, you know, everyone's behind the team. Everyone was buzzing about it. And you could feel it. It was, it was just, it was fun to be a part of that whole situation and, and just feel that energy through the team, through the fans, through the city. It was, uh, it was a really special year. I remember this moment when the, the game you guys finally clinched against the LA Kings. I, you scored that game. I think it was the winning goal as well. Um, when you look back at career, uh, your career, obviously you were a defensive defenseman, but is there one big goal in your career that like really stands out to you? I think that has to be it. <laughs> you know, a playoff, clinch, a playoff clinch, clinch, or clinching goal for, you know, for the Oilers. That was, um, 
yeah, I never thought I'd be able to say I, I could put that one on my resume, but uh, um, yeah, that was that would definitely be the biggest goal of my career. Your first NHL goal came on March twenty third, two thousand thirteen, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. What did you do with the puck? Well, um, I jumped up in the play, and there's a kind of like a three on two, and Kyle Turris uh, fed me a, a puck in the high slot, and I one timed it. Trying to go high, it went on the ice five hole, and I scored. <laughs> did you did you that get was, to keep the puck afterward? Do you are you displaying the puck yeah. somewhere at uh, Griba Manor? Yeah, there's a there's a puck somewhere here in a plaque. I mean, I don't really show too much of that stuff off. Um, I'm, I like more having deer heads and turkey fans on the on the wall. But um, yeah, no, that's that's in here, and uh, yeah, that was a definitely a memorable goal too. But I still think that that playoff clinching goal was was more. Uh, more memorable sticking with your time in Edmonton. Do you have a memory just from being an oiler or being in the city that kind of stands out to you in your, you know, almost three years here? Oh, it's, it's tough to put to pick out one. I mean, I, my wife and I came, we like truly love living in Edmonton, um, getting to know all our different neighbors and, and having such great teammates and staff. There's uh there's really tough to actually pick one moment because we truly did, enjoy enjoy living there we still have a lot of friends on the team and a lot of you know friends from the old neighbors and, and other people around the city so it's uh i really i really couldn't pick one just because it was it was just such a an overall enjoyable experience for, for both of us i think we would be remiss if we didn't ask you about grilling with griba and your passion for barbecue i'm a single guy myself eric i'm looking for maybe some help what would be a go-to dish that i could make to impress a lady Ooh, Jesus, a single guy. Yeah, you um, you know what? I mean, if you're not that talented on the grill, I'd do a split chicken. I'd just cut, take a full chicken. I'd cut the back out of it, uh, flatten it, season it, put it on your barbecue for, I don't know, until it hits your 165-degree internal temperature, and you're going to have a nice crispy skin and nice, I don't know, easy show-off dish. I hope all That'd of be, That would be... Yeah, go ahead. I can see myself getting more dates already. Go ahead, Tyler. I was going to say, I hope our 13 listeners are writing that one down. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Anyone who uh, follows you on Instagram, Twitter, social media, I think they kind of know the answer to this question, but I want to ask it anyways. uh, What do you kind of have planned here for life after hockey? Yeah, I mean, right now I'm trying to hunt as much as physically possible and spend time with my family. So, yeah, it's uh, definitely my passion is, you know, my passions, a lot of my passions are in the outdoors and I plan on, uh, doing as much as I can in, uh, the outdoor industry and, um, you know, you know, and spending time in, uh, in the outdoors. The hunting, the outdoors and all of that, was that something that you were just kind of raised on and grew up on or did it become a passion later in life? No, I was raised as, as an outdoorsman, um, you know, I remember all the years hunting and fishing with dad and it was just such a huge part of our lives and um you know my dad's a good cook as well so it kind of came naturally to me to uh you know hunt and fish and and cook what we cook what we what we kill so it's uh it's a cool kind of circle of life thing that you know we take pride in doing and um you know it definitely you know definitely my my main passion mixing your two passions together your your time with the oilers and your love of hunting which of your teammates, let's just throw a scenario there, if you're putting them in the bush by themselves, which of your former Oilers teammates would be able to survive and make it out of a weekend alive? 
Oh, I mean, that's, I mean, you got to take Hendo. Matt Hendricks would definitely be, he'd be the guy. We'd go hunting together and he's, he's outdoors. He, uh, he, he loves the woods and he loves the fish. So Hendo would be definitely the one to, uh, to survive out of all of them. Any guys that have no chance at all? Darnell Nurse. <laughs> I'm going to go out there and say, hey, Nurse, he's not going to make it. No, he's just not an outdoor guy. You're just not a <laughs> Or you don't trust his abilities in the bush. I don't know if I'd trust his bushcraft. I mean, if, you know, to show me a good time in Toronto, I'll trust Nursey. But in the, uh, in the bush, I don't think so. So now you're, like you said, you're going to focus on doing the outdoor stuff and hunting as much as physically possible. Can you ever at any point envision a return to the hockey world? Um, I'm not sure. I think at this point I'm, I'm, it's not in my foreseeable future, but, uh, you know, that being said, things can change and, opportunities can arise, but at the moment I'm just going to focus on focus on my family and spending time with them and, and spending as much time in the outdoors as possible. We're recording this podcast right now for OilersNation.com, but we also have HockeyFights.com in our network as well. I, I'm looking at your yeah. fight card on Hockey Fights, and you fought some big, big boys. I'm just curious what you think, as somebody who's done the job, where is hockey's or a fighting spot in hockey? Is there still a place for it? Yeah, 100%. It, you you can't get rid of you can't get rid of fighting. Um, you know it's a way for us to police ourselves. Um, you know and to hold players accountable to act the right way. And um, it's you can't you, you can't get rid of fighting. And, and you know what, fighting's already kind of taking itself out of the game a little bit. Well, actually, you know quite a bit. But you can't take it out because you know guys guys need to know that if there are repercussions to certain actions out there. So, um, and if you take that fight away, I think you're going to be getting into, um, you know, a lot more dirty situations and, um, then that's just not good for the game. Looking through your fight card, is there one Tilly that really, really stands out to you, whether it's like, uh, you remember it cause it was in a big moment or you remember just looking at the guy you're scrapping and being like, Oh, I can't believe I'm fighting this guy. Yeah, I mean, fighting Ryan Reeves wasn't exactly a pleasant uh, situation. <laughs> the guy's pretty nailed. So, it, um, yeah, he was definitely one that I wasn't looking forward to fighting and didn't do too well in it either. So it's, uh, that, that was one where, you know, it's cool to be able to say you fought a guy like that, but it wasn't uh, the most enjoyable experience. Well, we'll go maybe a couple more minutes with you here, Eric. Uh, you played a handful of years with the Binghamton Senators in the American League. Um, a, a couple more games towards the end of your career in the AHL as well. But do you have any like stories that you just look at and go, man, that is like the cliche minor sports story from your time in Binghamton? Um, yeah, there's, there's a few of them. I remember the one game we were, uh, oh, we were in Syracuse. And we had big Frankie Lassard on our, our team, big lefty. And then uh, they had John Morasti and obviously two super, super heavyweights. And we're in the first period, and they both they fight, and, and big and Frankie and our team there. He uh, like he reheard his hand that he broke earlier in the year, and uh, we're asking want to fight him again, like in the second period or third period or something. And you know, Frankie just kept you know saying no, 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 and then a couple shifts later, Frankie like kind of tripped him in the neutral zone or something, and so then that was it. So then they squared off there, and no one wanted, neither one of them was like going into like engage. And finally, like, and like, Morassi wanted to fight, but you could tell Frankie kept backing up because of his hands. He really didn't want to fight. 
But so Morazzi started taking off his shoulder pads and like whipping them off Frankie's head. And I'm just sitting there on the bench and I'm like, what is going on right now? <laughs> it's like, like, where am I? This is unbelievable. But no, that was, uh, that was definitely the, the most kind of American league minor league moment that I can, uh, that I can remember. And I'm hoping you can break a tie for us here, Eric. Over the past few weeks on this very podcast, a couple of Tyler and I's co-hosts have been arguing about a fishing contest and whether or not chumming the waters for a volume fishing contest would consist of, uh, would count as cheating. Where do you stand on chumming the waters when you're fishing? That is cheating. You can't do that. There we have it. This is a tiebreaker. Eric Graba defined <laughs> cheating. And I think that's a perfect spot to uh, to end this off, Eric. We really appreciate your time today, man. You were a fan favorite when you were in Edmonton. So I know a lot of fans are going to look forward to uh, hearing from you. So thanks for your time and enjoy retirement. Awesome. Thanks, guys. There you go. Close to 300 games in the NHL, a lot of them with the Edmonton Oilers. Some playoff games with the Oilers. A really good American Hockey League career as well. And now he can put Nation Real Life guest on his resume as well. That was Eric Griba with a Mary Brown's Poppin' brought to you by Mary Brown's and their bite-sized morsels of 100% breast meat chicken coated in Mary's seasoning and served hot, crispy, and so yummy. And if you want something that was hot and crispy, how about his answer on Chumgate? We're going to step aside here because the rest of the boys are waiting to get into the studio and we will get their take on Griba's take on Chumgate. Have you got holes to dig, earth to pack, and roads to build? then you need to call Jabba Machinery Group. Does your equipment need a service? Yeah, can't fix stupid, but here at Jabba Machinery Group, we can fix everything else. With a full range of parts to keep your equipment running smoothly, Jabba Machinery Group is a family-operated and Alberta-grown business. Here to help build a bigger and better Western Canada. Give us a call or visit us at jabbamachinery.com. Jabba Machinery Group, join the family. All right, welcome back. Episode 141 of Nation Real Life. That was our conversation with Eric Griba with me and Bagged Milk. And uh, now we got the whole crew here. Chalmers is here. Jay is here. Wanye is here. And uh, do we have takes on Eric Griba? Did he... I think he's the one who has settled and killed, ended the Chumgate debate. It was nice to bring... Let alone, uh, first off, a celebrity, yeah, uh, you know, test or uh, judgment to this, but someone who actually knows something about fish and wildlife. It was a lot like what happened the day. I heard a witness getting led. I heard a person get told basically what they should think and what they should say. I could have thought of three other ways to form that question where he wouldn't have said exactly what he said. He said exactly what you wanted him to say. So you got your answer. I, it, to be hey, to be super fair, you and I weren't involved in the interview just so we could get a pure response. And and I, I'm just going to quote, well, re-quote, re-quote what former Oilers defenseman Eric Griba, now wildlife expert and grilling expert, said, chumming is cheating. Well, if he's a wildlife expert and that's his reaction to it, we had the guy who said the fateful words, we chum the waters, which he's claimed at hockey that he did not say to you. Now he's going by. He said it in front of you, and you know it. All right. No, we didn't. <laughs> Anyways, just listen. Just listen. Let's over it. Now, now the I guy who it. says that, he, that even though we have like 14 people that witnessed and said, the, when the guy who made the chumming comment is now saying, oh, I didn't, I didn't even say chumming. Like we've got like, we could bring in 12 people into this wildlife. room. He called not. fish and wildlife and he had, Recently? yeah. And he said, oh, would you, God. cause chumming's illegal. Saying, it's yeah. an illegal action. Yeah, and he yeah. said, would you arrest me for doing this? He's so, like, no, it's not even a thing. You want, fabrication. 
fabrication, fake news. He's telling us that he did that for effect, which I respect because I am a user of hyperbole, but uh, that is bullshit to the nth degree. You don't degree. think he called in? No. Yeah, he called and reported himself for chumming. Well, that seems like self-snitching, oh, which is the worst kind of uh, snitching. Yeah, Takeshi69. Takeshi. Who claims Takeshi. he did this? Josh. Yeah, well, he'd exactly. Do he'd do it. He, does, no, he, he definitely did it. He's got time. He's got then, a switchboard. No, 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 no. He's got no. his team. If he did it, if he did it, because he knows how serious we are, he would have videoed it. Look, I feel you like if get... Griba told me he was making me a medium rare steak, it would probably come out medium. I don't trust anything he says Ouch. now. Wow. Ouch. Grilling master. Ouch. Wow. What, what about if we got somebody in please. the legal profession to come and weigh in on this? And so oh. when you're trying to lead the witness and shit, yeah. they can replay the audio and figure out whether or not they would have objected. And had they objected, if they were if the I judge, would have objected if I was there, for sure. Bag milk, let them on. You know you did. I did an excellent interview with Eric Griba, and I got to the point of the question. I got to the point of the story we're all trying to get at. Chumming is cheating. Yeah, my only knock with uh, your interview with him is I think you called it a fishing competition. Yeah, and, it, and you should have called it a fishing derby. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm not here to poke Derbies holes. Derbies are just yeah, competitions. You got though. you got the question across. You got the answer that the people wanted. Chumming is cheating, like case closed. I thought it was interesting hearing him talk about Connor. I like that, you know, the distance between Eric Greib and Connor McDavid is light years. And he'll be the first to tell you, like, he's a one of the top 100 and 200 players in the world, Greiba, right? Well, to play in the well yeah, I, mean, he, I mean, you don't get into... Do you be the top 700 at any seven, given moment when he's playing? Okay, top 700 in the world. So yeah. tens of thousands of people playing. Greiba is in the top 700. Even he is quick to tell you, like, the difference between 699 at the top 700 and number one is... Yeah, I just thought it was interesting how he said Connor would legitimately slow himself down in practice to make sure that... Nobody gets dummy to that. Gentleman. Well, you don't want to fuck with their mentality. You don't want to just shred your defense and make them think that they're they've got holes all over the place and then have to go play a game. I also I liked when we he talked a little bit about that or that playoff run in sixteen seventeen. Talked about how the biggest goal of his career was. I mean, like I think we kind of forget that he scored two big goals that year. They were both against L.A. and the other one that was the winning goal in the clinching game against the L.A. Kings. Oh yeah. Um. So it's cool to like hear him say like, yeah, that's probably the biggest goal of my career for like a shutdown defenseman to have like a big goal like that. On his resume, oh, that was I, I such was cool. a good game too. I remember, like, you're going there and you're you're nervous because you're like, if we win this, we clinch. And they put the we logo felt- up on the big board out oh, saying playoffs. God, oh, I I, I stayed in an empty stadium and stared at the jumbotron for like 30 minutes, just trying to like assess if this was real life or not. I uh, I went to the game with my dad and we went. And we got another beer after the game because we were so celebratory. And then uh, he walked off, and I like went back out after when there was like kind of no one left in the rink. And I was like, looked at the board. I was like, oh my god, it's happening! One are of the you, best moments of my are life. You, are you gonna have that same feeling when it happens in twenty twenty? Twenty twenty. Well, there we go. Like I think that's a really natural segue into probably our big topic today, which is the season openers tomorrow. Woo! Twenty twenty playoffs, Chalmers. So our dear friend and voice of the Japa ads, Nupsy Brown, Josh Brown, new father. Congrats! Congrats! congrats. Yeah, I'd like to that. welcome Clover to this world. Clover, uh, Clover her, Brown, Clover Brown sounds like cool. a good band. Yeah, she name. is going Ooh, to be getting a mm-hmm. McDavid onesie, ASAP Rocky. So I, Clover Brown story, one of her first in a podcast, I can guarantee. I have a Lucic baby jersey for her that I bought when oh. Lucic was still an Oiler, but I you planned a it. joke. At the time, I was going to be like. I get you a Milan Lucic jersey to remind you of value and hard work and perseverance. And then, like, as you know, when I <laughs> got enough, dealt, I was thinking I was going to write a card being like, Milan Lucic was actually a great disappointment to the Oilers, but you're a baby 
in Australia and really won't care. Enjoy. <laughs> That's fair. I don't think he'd care. Did they have babies at the same time or something? Uh, they're like, so uh, Josh has a twin brother, Sam, and I think they had babies like four months apart. Yeah, they're looking in fighting yeah. shape still. So, they're gonna get that dad weight on pretty soon here. So so back to back to Nups. Oh, you don't want it. Oh yeah. And yeah. and this season, uh, oh, yeah. through his, I've been trying scouring the internet for like Oilers to, Oilers to make the playoffs odds, and they're really tough to find. And then when you do find them, they're really shitty. But Nups, our good friend, found on his betting app in Australia because obviously they're a little bit delayed and not paying too much attention to hockey. They're just well, getting the criminal. 2017 season. Charles. They they have the Oilers odds. To make the playoffs. So, like, if you bet them to make the playoffs, they will pay you 3.7 to 1. Easy money. That, I'm just like, wow. So, we, what So what did you put on? 400 bucks. Not a boy. That's really good. You hit that shit out of the park. I bet, so, I got 400 bucks on that. I made a stupid straight-up bet with cheese, 100 bucks. And then I made a bet with Dom Luch Decision or whatever, the analytics betting guru. Yeah. He And I, I he... He came out of the gates offering me two and a half to one. And I said, no, man, you're so sure about your math. I think your math is bullshit. I'll take one and a half. So let's go one month into the future here. Wait, you took worse odds? I took worse odds. I'm like, yeah, because Genius. I, I, I'm calling him out thinking yeah. thinking he's fucking bullshit. Nice. Even though I should make him pay the stupid tax mm-hmm. of higher odds, I'm taking st- it easy on him. I'm taking was, it easy on him. In that a month a from now, decision. if they are, if they're not, if they don't start the season hot, which is that's Probably. not happening, Chalmers. They're starting the season but hot, it, I heard. Yeah, red fucking hot. Red hot. Well, let's say it goes to 4 four zero or 4-2. Doubling down. Would you? Well, depends how severe of a comeback they have to make, but yeah. This uh, is what's going to happen. I'm this. all in. I'm going to tell you how this year is going to go. Okay. They're going to come out of the gate hot, and everyone's going to get super excited. The reverse of after the year they made the playoffs. So October is going to be hot. Hot. Out of the gate. Mm-hmm. People are going to be scoring. James Neal's going to have like five goals in October. We're going to be losing our shit. My boy Jericho. We're going to cool off a little bit. Go with maybe 500 hockey for like 10 games. All the naysayers back off the bandwagon. Bam! Blistering hot again until Christmas. And Connor's going to go into the Christmas break on fire. And they'll be talking about like shattering his point totals because he's so hot by the Christmas break. We are, I'm telling you right now, we are the 2017-2018 Vegas Golden Knights. Yes. In but the we're sense not of an expansion franchise. Sort yeah, of we are. But, sort of. But, well, we may as well be. In terms of like us against, against us against the world, how when Vegas enters the league, we all mm-hmm. just all dismiss. Like, there's no fucking chance. They're fake news. And then they just just, just started hot and didn't stop. We're just gonna we're just gonna surprise. I'm not saying we're winning the division, but we're gonna we're gonna come out what we would consider hot because anything above five hundred to me is hot. hot. So and just maintain. The real deal, James Neal was on that Vegas team. He's going to bring that swag. With them teeth. Absolutely. Oh, million dollar smile. Geez. Boy, they're bright. Have you That's... seen those teeth, Chalmers? He's basically baby, but without the grill. Do you know yes. what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, here's some other... We need I, a fourth I, microphone <laughs> in a bad way. We need a splitter. I, I'm not... I'm gonna, you know what? I'm not coming again until we have a fifth mic. I'm done. This okay. is called a... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to talk like, every single time we bring up Tom Gate, he fucking doesn't want to talk about it so he rolls his eyes uh-huh. you want to talk about all Oilers all the time on this bad boy no I got no, a no. little bit more uh, yeah but I think they have a other of- podcasts for that <laughs> no 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 I do too I got lots of stuff I read the Ken Holland uh, interview or article today in the journal yeah I did, oh, I did some terrible website journal. by the way writing Oilers Jeez. Nation Oh, yeah, Why was it? Did you have there it all on there? There was an even better article on Oilers Nation. Do we have it Far on there? Far more credible publication. Listen. We have everything on there. I have friends who send things. Mm-hmm. I look at them. Well. If you sent me the article, I would look at it. 
We publish it on a variety of platforms. Don't actively look out for stuff. Well, we need new Get friends. It. Yeah. Okay, so I read this awesome article on what he did after on Oilers Nation. Um, nice. I, got, yeah. I don't go there. But I'm being accountable. <laughs> I think he's yeah. more of a journal guy. Yeah. The articles made me kind of excited and not like where you guys are. I've, I'm starting to see what you're seeing. Talking about how he's had some depth, some older depth. You know, I, I feel like we might actually find one of these guys where I've always looked at other teams and been like, who the fuck is a Don Squad? Like, what's a, what are these guys? What are, like, I know Don Squad was a high draft pick, but like just a guy that came from nowhere and they made good. I feel like we might have one of those this year because I don't know these guys. I hope they're good. There's I think a lot. we have two. Bag well, milk, you know that Who, Jerko? Highguard? Which ones? Both. You know that gif where the guy like plugs his nostrils and squeezes really hard and all his blackheads pop? Of oh, course. God. It's nice. That's what they did this summer. I feel yeah. like they squeezed really hard on both their nostrils and a whole bunch of little blackheads just shot out of the lineup. It was the Purge, Oilers edition. Not so, including Sam Gagne, who should still be an Oiler, and that is some bullshit. So, Everybody else, though? Blackheads. Uh, on my he- heavily followed social media Twitter account, the Squire Yag, check me out. It's very entertaining if I tweet. Uh, I saw that Oilers put out a tweet from uh, quoting Larson saying that uh, the room's very positive right now and they want to carry that into the season. And I replied to that tweet it, to that saying, the Luch effect. Wow. He is gone. Yeah. Therefore, we can smile again. I've never, though, to be fair to Larson, heard an athlete in preseason or training camp or anything be like, yeah, I don't think this looks good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we have it this year. But Maybe you can tell you've it. been hearing a lot of this. Uh, I, I don't think you would hear as much as we do now uh, if, if it wasn't different. So goes the season. It's the opposite of preseason. So I like the preseason because we're always awesome. We're racking up them wins. Ty Ratty scoring left and right. Going to the season with a lot of momentum. They do the flippy flop on you, Chalmers. They flip it. Mm. Well, this year they didn't light the preseason on fire. And That's there was no bullshit sign. oiler. Not Ty Ratty's bullshit. Getting 14 points where you're like, well, he'll have to keep that up in the normal season. None of that's happening. Well, they use the preseason for what you're supposed to use it for. Not to get easy wins and get everyone excited. It's to like put, you know try your team out and see what you got and make assessments and try to actually form the best roster you can. Did you guys use your tickets to go to preseason games? Uh, yeah, you went yeah, to yeah. everyone? Not everyone, but I went to most of them. Yeah? yeah I love preseason hockey. Yeah, that's uh, good. I heard there's still home opener tickets available for people. Oh, really? If you want to go tomorrow. Well, Wait, there's always some... tickets if you head to our friends at Vivid Seats. Sing! Uh, great friends at Vivid Seats. They are good. They are the good ones that, on uh, yeah, yeah. because of them, I got up. great deals to go to the dog pound in Cleveland. And now we're going to watch our, uh, bought our seats for them to go to the, to the Buffalo, Buffalo Bills game. And now you can get Oilers game. And in November. And you know what? Not as going to be, not going to be as cold as I thought in Buffalo. I in fucking November. hope it's cold. Dude, you know what? I looked in the, it's like minus eight is like an average temperature there oh, for right. low. It's like it's, usually around three degrees. I hope it's a blizzard. Well, I want to say, yeah, that's fine because you can you have a bare hand and a beer in your hand. I think it'll be okay. Nothing ever touched the Heritage Classic. You've just once you've been there and that cold, nothing scares you. See, Jr. has it right. Like we, he, he wants to go to these cold weather climates because he dresses up. Yeah, and it's always easier to put more clothes on. He's a Nordic and, man. You're not scared of an outdoor sporting event. Fucking right. Shh. Just have a sauna after. Shit. I'm thinking I might dress up this year, Jr. Wow. I looked at some well, hopefully stuff. Hopefully we're building some culture amongst our crew. So it's way more fun. In our fantasy football crew, we we go to a new NFL destination every year. So we do this like ex- extremely elaborate voting situation where we vote on the week that we can go 
and then from there we have a very small voting uh uh like voting like group yeah, yeah. and you you have to go like there's parameters to be able to be See, in the I voting think we group chir- or I think not we chirped jerry larry when we, when we told everybody yeah. on the podcast that and, he fucked up the vote so. yeah and then and then from oh yeah so then from there we uh we picked the the destination and so we always try to see if we can game it to go to specific places and there's you know different factions within the group to try to go to different areas well this year me and the buffalo crew we won thanks to jerry larry um he threw in a he threw a, a, a threw a castaway even vote though it's to, not my number buffalo, one but yeah, uh, even though it's not my number one choice i'm excited to go i'm looking forward to just after seeing on the sunday morning they showed the grass lot this is like the world's craziest tailgate. Oh yeah, people are jumping through tables. You were you were pissed though. If I, I was remember. pissed. Yeah. You were mad when we recorded oh, a couple yeah, months ago. Yeah, it wasn't that well, I was well, mad. Yeah, I was know. a little disappointed at the how it happened. It was more of how, um, I, like one of my friends quoted today, we could have fun in a shoebox. It doesn't really matter. I don't think where we go. We went to you know Kansas City and had probably the best weekend of our lives. Yeah. Then yeah. we went to Cleveland and. Mm-hmm. These guys went back again because it was so good. Anyways, it's a fun trip. Well, and I'm, you know, Yeah, and I want to take you back to the dressing up part. So normally what happened on our trips is if you're the last in our fantasy league, you'd have to dress up on the trip. And for the game, as, just as a, for the game. As a penalty. And okay. it's like, and, and me and my cohort, because I tag team my fantasy leagues because I'm not as in-depth in analysis because I just don't want to put in the effort. I'd rather just chirp all my friends. Mm-hmm. He's the he's the, he's the, so, Chris, so the Chris Chalmers of this podcast so when it comes we, to hockey knowledge. Yeah, so we've always been dressing up regardless if and then having the loser dress up. And it's it's we've everyone's now seeing it's actually a good thing to dress up for the game because it is an event and it, and you get more out of it because yeah. you put a lot into and it. And so now Chalmers wants to join and I dude, buddy with open arms. Yeah, come man. join the mafia, so man. I've done sort of a breakdown of, you know, the return on investment for this whole thing. When I go there, I want to be part of the crowd. So I buy whatever gear I can buy, right? Always, get like always. a sweater, First jersey, a, sporting a toque, event. depending on where you are, you know, a hat, scarves, just to get some flair, right? Some, some pieces of flair. Yeah. And so, Man, you spend a lot of money at this at the stadium buying that stuff. Well, yeah. if I could buy some shit here, right, like mm-hmm. online, have it ready to go and go there, I'm flared right out, like a quarter of the price. And you know, you can get some sweet shit online, yeah. like exactly. some old retro stuff. Exactly, and you oh, can, yeah. and you you think it out, and then you have an arts and crafts night with your buddy, have a few beers, put together your outfits. It's it's. It just adds more. It's like a nice little lead up to the actual of event. And, and, and actually, <laughs> the, the, the shittiest thing about all of it is like you go and you tailgate and you're just like having so much fun. It's actually the football game. Like, yeah, you're having fun at the game, but it was like everything leading up to it, like the arts and crafts, the getting dressed up, the going to tailgating dressed up and like, for, you know, you're you're establishing like a brethren amongst the fans and getting invited into their private tailgates because you went well, all in. I think we should put on socials uh, the pictures of your last three costumes because, like, to say that they dress up is like an understatement. They get they commission somebody from the town to come and paint their faces the morning of the game. Huh. They meet them at like a coffee shop outside of our hotel. How do you find these people? You just. You just look, you man. Just, you just can't yeah, find you something just, you're not you looking just, for. You know, the internet's a is a powerful tool. You're not abusing Tinder, are you? Because it's not for that type of <laughs> no, dumb no, shit. That's, yeah, that's no, how you these find are pro. Trust me, these are professional face painters. You, yeah. You'll see from the face painting in New Orleans, which is like one of the ten. Like it, it was amazing. The, the Arizona one was good. You've, oh, yeah. you've done it in three places now that you've got your face painted. Uh, Cleveland, Arizona. Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah, we didn't the first year in Cleveland because we thought there was going to be a face painter at the stadium, and we made that. It was a oh, terrible assumption. Oh, what a assumption. mistake. Yeah we, yeah, we fixed that this year, though. All right. Well, 
Well, always prepared. We're getting better. We're getting Football smarter. season sucked. Your Chuck's in third place in our fantasy league. Me and Jay Woo-hoo. are in 10th and 11th. Yeah, we suck. <laughs> oh, my God. We suck. I could have told you guys from the start I was going to be good. I knew I was, so not surprised. <sighs> just, just, just because I wanted to tell everybody. I wanted to let people. You know, I want. you've done four weeks of good work, people, and I want you to know it. Ian is in first. Dan, Nation Dan, is in second. Your Chuck's in third. The guy that got it all started, Jordan, he's in fourth. And then we got our favorite, Brad Stepanko, who was one of the first faces I saw when I walked into the Elton John concert on Saturday, which really? is fucking seeing this guy everywhere now. We're like becoming best friends. He's a man about town. Yeah, man. And uh, then Ryan, it goes Ryan six, Jesse seven, Rick from Nation Rick. What do you guys call yeah, him? Yeah, Nation sure. Rick. Yeah, 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 fucking Rick. Rick. Our boy Rick. He's an eighth. Then John is a ninth. And then me, Jay, and poor old Dave in <laughs> last place. So oh, yeah. that's how the fantasy league's going so far. It's been... Uh, it's I'll, been a lot of fun to get my ass kicked. But I've been having fun. I lost my yeah. fantasy matchup in one league by 0.12 point points one two. because Juju Smith-Schuster couldn't get more than three points. Terrible. I'm sorry, well, what's, what's his name? Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm-hmm. Great, great guy. I'm sorry, what's his name? He is, Juju? He is a graduate a of like Snoop's Hyphen. football program, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, so he's legit. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I saw the 20, that's 20 our, on that uh, be those, the, the Twins playing for the Seahawks, and one guy's got one hand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Griffins. The Griffins, yeah. That was a hell of a story. Yeah. 60 minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, 60 minutes, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. His brother insisted that the Seahawks draft him, and they're like, okay, we're gonna, and yeah. then whammy. Wow. Yeah, the guy the Sedins was missing a hand. Guy, guy with no hand was defensive <laughs> player in the air in NCAA football in the SEC, I think. It's it crazy, and they were yeah, in a Gillette commercial. Yeah. Very cool. cool. That's they a big a, time. They have a good story. Getting some of that Gillette money. There's no better stories out there than straight up like making it stories in the NFL. I, if you just watch like Sunday countdown or Monday countdown or like even uh, um, Sunday night football, they always have like a profile on a player and it's always so good. So positive as to where these people like maybe came from or whatever. Who was the one that's Keyshawn Johnson's nephew? Uh, Mike Thomas. Mike Thomas, the guy from New Orleans, this yeah, guy. And he's a all, good egg, too. Yeah, all that guy does is keep his mouth shut, work hard. He's a, one of the best receivers in Extremely the league. Extremely charitable. Extremely charitable. Uh, yeah, is, is, you know, just boring. I want them to do something interesting, like drop a rap album. Or well, then just watch what Al, yeah, Antonio Brown's doing right now. Did uh, you hear Dame Lillard and Shaq are in a rap beef? Dame Lillard. Yeah, Damian Lillard from the Trailblazers, right? Oh, yeah. Oh. Him and Shaq are dropping diss tracks. Interesting. That's oh, not boy. fake. Why do, yeah. they, why do they always go to rap? If, if you want excitement, man, become a fan of the NBA. The NBA puts every other sports league in North America to fucking shame. It's so good. So Drama? Yeah, just like the drama, the player personalities, the player movements, the trades. It's, no league comes with even close to it. I think that's a great segue to show how tone deaf the NHL is by their announcement yesterday of signing Green Day to some two-year, I don't know what the fuck you want to call it, to use them to be like the fucking music ambassador yeah. for the NHL. And you, their, their music's going to power like the the opening to NBC, NHL on NBC. Do you guys NBC? watch Jay and Dan at SportsCenter at night? After I, I, here and there. Sometimes. Last night was when they broke the news of it. Like they did a story oh, on it. Gosh. They couldn't stop laughing. And then they did a segment after with bands that they turned down. And one was like O Town. Yes. <laughs> and the reason they turned they turned it down was O Town couldn't get out of work. <laughs> like oh, another one was Crazy Town, and they were like, the reason they turned it down was because their hockey their song was called Hockey Fly, but it was really just Butterfly, and they didn't like it anyways. <laughs> like Crazy Smash Town Mouth seems like thinking? a perfect yeah. candidate for this. You know what they should have done, Jay? 
Thank you. That they been should it. bring that song back. That's not tone deaf. That's like reaching back into your past and bringing something back. No, Cotton Eye Joe, I think, would also be incredibly tone deaf. But so really? is Green Day. No, but but we got to We'll bring we'll bring Cotton Eye Joe into the into the niche of the NHL that is Oilers Nation. I don't think a Green Day. Maybe it's because like they're available. <laughs> well, I, I hey, you know, you know, tip of the cap to Green Day's agent because sure. I'm sure that wasn't a cheap deal for the NHL. <laughs> I'm sure they got. And a fucking you know bag. what, like. Like, what do you think they would get, get for that? I don't even want to guess, millions. man. Millions. Oh, it's millions. Gotta be, it's got to be a handful millions, of millions. Millions, millions, millions. So maybe it's like, okay, we need a band that can do 16 appearances in the next eight months. And most bands are like, sorry, we're on tour. And Green Day's like, we're not on tour. We could do it. Oh, God. Yeah. And now we'll drop a new album as a result of this. And the guy from Third Eye Blind's like, we, we could do it. And Gary Bettman's like, mm, I don't know. You're pretty risque for the NHL. Green Day, on the other hand. It's just so like, like... If you want to make the league cool and like establish like some kind of like culture or address your audience, like Green Day talks to like maybe talks to their audience. Talks to me. Well, that's I've a shame. To, you're you're not going to appeal to a younger audience with Green Day. Well, Drake, the rappers have Drake. Well, we have Green Day. Well, well, you thinking like right. a better play would have been like a Post Malone type? Sure. And I don't even know if that would have been the right angle. I, He's signing me. up with Crocs. I mean, he'd sign up with anybody right Who? now. Post Malone. I don't think he signs up with anybody. Those Crocs he probably costs a shitload of money. You no, know who made a mean, lot of money like, off Crocs? Fun fact. Who? A lot of money off Crocs. Peter Forsberg. Really? He is richer from Crocs than he is from the NHL. Are you sure? Yes. How do you know Shut this? The fuck Buddy, up. Fuck, check it out. I'm just dropping facts, boys. <laughs> I always like a fact that's <laughs> ended with, check it out, man. Like, check it out. Fun fact. Research it yourself. That's the I'm confidence just, of a man who knows he's right. Exactly. It's just I, cool guys don't look at explosions, so I'm walking away. Wow, yeah. Okay, so post them. Like, I don't know. Let's talk about bands. Like When you're coming, when you think about bands that would help and not make the NHL seem so tone deaf right now, who would you want to see? Think of a band that's hot right now. Like Imagine Dragons. Five, se- five seconds to um, summer. Um they're honestly not that bad. You love Jared Leto, don't you? Bands you in that band? band? Oh, it's Five Seconds of Mars. Don't do bands. Hockey and hip hop, there's like a linkage there. They're always talking about being icy. Yeah. yeah. There's rappers who will reference they have so much Cameron. ice on you think they're skating. Rick Ross. Cameron even uses Winnipeg in one of his little I Wayne. Would go, I, I think Winnipeg. there's a tie into the culture of hip hop that you could capitalize on being icy and shit like that that like rock doesn't bring to the table. Peter Forsberg has a company called Force Pro, and they own the rights to distribute Crocs in Sweden. Last year, they needed to sell 38,000 pairs of the comfy plastic shoes to break even financially. However, in half a year in Sweden, they sold 700,000 pairs at $90 each. In what year? Uh, this article is from, this is from 10 years ago. So he has been moving units in Sweden for a decade now. I love those stories. Crocs like, rich. Did you know that Peter Forsberg, that guy who made all that money, actually did this other thing that's not related to his normal thing, and that thing went better than the first thing? It's like Shaq is an early investor in Google. Yeah. And the story is he's like in a hotel lobby, and there's like people in suits at another table. He was like, hey, what's going on over there? They're like, we're starting a company. He's like, well, I have money. And that's how he invested in Google. And he made a bunch of money off Ring Video Doorbell. Oh, Nest or no? Oh, yeah. Well, there's different companies oh, now. Okay. But oh, yeah. Well, now he's Nest. involved in it. Like, like Shaq is like the probably the quietest billionaire there is. 
He's got uh, like 175 uh, movie theaters. Or and he shit. still works his TV analyst. You gotta love it. Shaq. He's just he's Shaq's such a best. character. He, and he's still just he, you know he, he doesn't let the money like change who he is. He's still like this big little kid. Yeah, he never spent any money he made in the NBA. I love he, those. He stories. lived on his endorsements. That's like Gronk too. Gronk didn't touch a cent of his uh, NFL money. He only spent his endorsements. I think Marshawn Lynch did that too. That monster Gronk money. Yeah. And I those cruises he used to do in the off season. Drew Brees owns a bunch of uh, like fast food outlets, and he's up to like 190, like Jimmy John's or something. Oh, the sandwich like, place. Yeah, he bought like three in New Orleans, and now he owns like 190 of them. Jimmy John just got bought by Arby's. Oh, bag milk. Your take. We've on got that a. Is. We've got a serious. We got a real problem. They're on the extinction list in Canada, and they need to reach out to us. Because if there's one thing Bag Milk and I can do is we can fucking resurrect Arby's. I fucking guarantee it. We have a passion for the roast beef sandwich. Oh, I could, I could. And go you guys don't it. even want that much money from them or any, right? You just want to do it for the love of Arby's. Listen, and just start whoring them out. Don't get paid. No, no. Well, hey, we are running a company. We have to defend our other brands that we we promote and respect and enjoy. So we have to, but yeah, I do love Arby's. It all started when new guy Nick dropped a bombshell that the one at Southgate is now closed. And the one on one fifty six is closed. Well, it's now it's now demolished. We're no. losing Arby's at a rate that is unacceptable to me. The one in St. Albert just got really nicely renovated. Oh, see, oh, see, okay. St. Albert's keeping Arby's alive. That's our boy, That's right? That's good. Uh, I, uh, ooh, I, I know, know that St. Albert was one of his. Oh, okay, cool. cool. But you know what? I know cool. that there's also a passion for Arby's because anytime I make a stupid meme that features Arby's, it crushes. People what, love it. What blows my mind about Arby's is that everyone kind of secretly likes it who's not a vegetarian, obviously. And the funny thing is, is is, is everyone always th- says like, yeah, I just never think about it. And they're like, like their campaign for years was I'm thinking Arby's and no one was ever thinking it, but they wish they were. How fucked up is that? I mean, that's a real mind fuck there. I wasn't really listening. <laughs> I'm sorry. Charles, how are you <laughs> not listening? Case. Because like, I looked it up. Drew Brees fu- actually owns 69 Dunkin' Donuts. I was so fucking oh, wow. wrong. It was oh, sick. 190, <laughs> 190 Jimmy, Jimmy Johns to 69. <laughs> nice. Um, Dunkin' Donuts. The St. Albert Arby's is the best Arby's around, though, I have to say. The best Arby's. That's like the best hockey player in Kuwait. <laughs> Cares. It's of no significance in the global picture. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Well. We'll- Government. Government name. Sorry, I, name. I also burp too. <laughs> Bag milk. Please pepper them. We're gonna. We can't stop. Won't stop. So we, your your hard pitch to bag milk was saying his government name, burping in his face, and then patting him on the shoulder and saying, "Get me Arby's." Because I really believe we can do it. Listen, the curly fries are like a mullet. To look at them, you know they're ready to party, but when you eat them, it's all business. Mm, interesting. People forget about that angle. Interesting. Horsey sauce. Delicious. Delicious. Fantastic. Delicious. Arby's is fine. Yeah, well. I, think I just don't like them. The, <laughs> the market doesn't agree, but we'll, uh, we're here to fix that. People are assholes. Activate us. Weaponize us, Arby's. We're ready. Can I take a hard turn on our podcast topic? Oh, God. Towards sport? Jeez, yeah. You want to take turn it to Arby's to maybe Oilers hockey? That'd be bullshit. Previously. <sighs> <laughs> nice. Your rum chuck knows us too well. We got 10 minutes around there left in the pod, so let's crush oh. some BB talk. Ten. Can I start? 10 minutes is arbitrary. Chalmers. So I watched it on a slight tape delay about 10 minutes and uh, 15 minutes. And uh, when I got to the end of the episode, I had my first real feeling of what it feels like 
to want to go immediately to Twitter and like yell lose at people shit about and, and you did. my shit. And I did. And then I quickly took a deep fucking breath, took a drink of my drink and deleted all of the retweets and the, and the things that I was doing because I realized that's never a good way to go forward for a person like me who just really... Anyways, I was so mad at the end of that show that I just wanted to talk to somebody and like people in our group hadn't watched it yet. Oh, yeah, so I was going private to people. Yeah, Charles like, you messaged me. Have you seen like, it yet? I was just, like, really seen this yet? Like, I just was just, starting when you messaged me. Like, I understand that it was super boring as a season goes. I understand that they had to create stuff and I understand what world we live in these days. And saying all of that, I still don't think it's right to try and, oh God, how do I word this? How, try and like encapsulate the season and the things that somebody did wrong by basically doing bad shit to him in a way that where he gets bombarded and before he even gets out of the thing, his face goes immediately red. He's confronted with questions. He's looking around. He comes out after he wins. And the first, you can tell he has he's emotionless. He can't even think that he just won. And the first thing he does is he goes to Jackson. And when they hug, you see him say, you can see his mouth move. And he says, what's happening? And Jackson's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Then they stand up there on the front. He's still stone-faced. He only smiles once when, ja when she says, here's your money. Then the parents come up. Did you hear it on the mic? Did you hear what his... Am I a racist? Am I a racist? That's the first fucking question he has to his mom. After Am not I seeing a racist? her for 150 After years. not seeing her. Now, that's just like... I, I, I've read everything now up to the live feeds, right? And things can be a big misunderstanding. And I can't say that... I wasn't in the house. I didn't watch the live feeds. Oh, you weren't in the house? I'm going... No, but I'm just <laughs> saying, like, how would you all Bang know Milk, that? you want to write that down? Chalmers <laughs> was not in the BB21 house. What's a better way for me to preference that then? I wasn't in their lives 24-7. I wasn't watching Correct. live feeds. No, 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 you weren't in I house. had a job. I, I, I just tried to, to make people laugh because they were probably If Wanya didn't do fishing. that, we wouldn't have a podcast. There we go. No, I understand. Go on. But the fact is, is like, I really don't know. But in the one segment where they're saying that they, that this is where the comment all derives from, when you listen to it, it doesn't seem to be true. And it seems to be like, I don't know, just a whole ado about, you know, basically a whole like character slam on this guy for no Apparent reason. I've never in my Everybody, life. Everybody, if you're in, if you're on camera for twenty four seven, you are going to say something that's going to piss people off in this client climate. I've never seen them like break the fourth wall, if you will, where they're like out of the house and immediately attacking them with like, "This is what people think you did." Yeah, I've never seen that in any other Big Brother. Yeah, and especially at the end of Big Brother, people come out. Yes, there's drama and shit. When the winner is announced, everyone's like, "Yay, confetti, half a million dollars." This year was oh. not. Like it is that. not Very okay weird. to be racist on there. It is not okay to be misogynistic. It is no. not okay to be a bully. No. But in the three st the three times where they said that this is what this person did, in all three of them, I can safely say, in my opinion, he wasn't being any of those people. I don't think he was being racist. I don't think he said the racist word. I don't think he is a racist. When he made the camp the the BB comeback or the um, camp counselor decisions, I mean. You can't get in a guy's mind at that point. No, but he just told you why he clipped. did it, right. and, and, so, and it, it I, actually makes sense. Right. When it says that, that they were bullying Nicole because they didn't let him in the room, okay, that's, happened, all, that's uh, happened 20 no. seasons in a row. Come on, man. They're having, you have an a, alliance and you, they're having an alliance meeting. And she's not in the fucking yeah, alliance. But, but, but regardless no, 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 of who no, she I is. Get that. No, no, I get that. So I'm just, I'm kind of on the, like, it's, 
they kind of confronted her and then kind of like went away and then had that like closed door meeting and like boxed her out. So there was like some lead up to that moment. I like bullying might be aggressive, but it was a situation where they're extremely rude to her. Cause like they, they went down, called her out cause they listened to all of Nick's bullshit. And then they, 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 they did confront her and if were, that, and were mean if about, that is bullying, uh, fueled by someone's lies. Yeah. And then immediately went to have a meeting and like boxed her out. So like, Bullying might be aggressive, but I'm saying like I felt bad for Nicole. If that's legitimately bullying, then this then society as a whole has the yeah. number one issue in society is bullying because every single person is doing that outside oh, yeah. of this room. And you're, you're in locking every waking people in life. a house oh, yeah. surrounded by television cameras waiting for drama. And then when there's drama, you're disgusted by it. But now it's like starting to drag the game itself down because I guarantee you people next year going into it are going to be like, when I leave here, it's the Spanish Inquisition and I'm going to have to answer for everything I just did in complete isolation within 20 seconds of walking out. Yeah. Now I'm in front of a big ass camera crew and then I got a full studio audience and yeah. I got to answer for my shit. Oh like, yeah. It was, I just thought, it was not I, done I think, right. I think five years ago he walks out of that house with a big smile on his face and none of this is even oh, talked oh, about. Of, co- of course. And it was funny when they're grilling David about why he was upset. And then he even said at the end, like, yeah, but then I watched everything and I, I it's, it's not what I thought. And I'm like, well then why the fuck did we even confront him on that specific thing? But I do want to ask you some questions about Mickey. Do you think Mickey's a bully? Yeah. Exactly. I do too. Yes. Hey, can I ask you a question? Has every single person in this room been a bully at one point in their yeah. life? Right. And so this guy's 20, what, 24 years old, something like that? 21. 21 years old. He's a 21 yeah, year old I'm guy. Say, but, but, and he's but dude, I'm not his on whole a social life justice no, mission. I'm, I'm just no, saying. No, no, I know. Is like Mickey does, can be mean to women. He's proven that. Yeah. He's proven that. He can and be mean to men. He can be, yeah, and, he, and maybe and he's he, just mean. And he, exactly, he's he's just a he's a bull. So he goes in like that whole like, like yeah, it's good gameplay, but he he brought it with such like force. Yeah. But he he was able to like the guy played the game that he needed to play to win. So I have to respect that. But yeah, like he he's very aggressive. At some points where like you're like, geez, this guy is not a good dude. I think it's kind of funny that all this is happening, but in the. All I could think about as this was going on was the segment with Dr. Will, where if he was playing the game he played to win Big Brother 2, he would be one of the biggest villains on that show's history. I need to see that season still. I just don't get as offended by shit as people seem. I don't either. Like, you know what? People tried to bully me in their life, and guess how that went for them? Poorly. And that's how you learn to stick up for yourself, right? People try and bully you. You're like, no, this ain't fucking happening. That's how you learn to stand up for yourself. If... You're constantly going around, and, and like this isn't everybody, but some people are just constantly around, like shrilly offended by every single thing. That's not how fucking but, life works, man. Right, and but why can't we just like why can't we? He's a bully. Differentiate yeah. so between the fact that sentencing him to death is not an sure. option. Oh yeah, so, yeah. So in in that environment, yes, can he yell at women? Yeah, he can. But why can't we differentiate that between him and his relationship with Nicole? The whole thing. She was a woman. He never yelled at her once. Yeah. Why he can't he just dislike yeah. stupid people who do shit to yeah, him I agree. that pisses him off? I agree. As opposed to whether or not that's a woman or a man. It's just, if you that's, a per- a t- that's a fucking person right there that did something I don't like, and I'm going to be mean to them because I'm pissed off, and this is my human nature. It doesn't matter that this person's a woman or a man. Like, and I think that's... He, I just don't. I just don't get it. I don't. And if hey, he is actually a misogynist, he would have. It would have come out in full force, like in other ways, and it didn't. It, when the live feeds, the only things that they could bring up 
where at the very beginning when he talked down to a couple people, a couple mm-hmm. women. But right? he had some dickhead moments. Okay, yeah. well, yeah. that ain't the end of the so, world. <laughs> so, yeah, so I guess, I guess maybe, yeah, like, Mickey's a dick. We can all agree with that. Yeah, I was going to say my take on Mickey's just an asshole. Yeah, but you know what? There's millions of them. I'll always, I, I, I have respect for him winning the game because he did what it had to take. He came out, he knew, like, with the, the whole Holly on the block and it's and it's Cliff and Nicole that can set, decide their fate. He came in and he turned on the rage to scare them into voting his way. But, like, Evil Dick was like that. Evil Dick was yelling at everyone. I wonder what the long-term impact on society is going to be for like the witch hunt that currently exists for everything at all times in 2019. Like, like I wonder if the pendulum's going to swing. Of course way. it will. Human nature, like you said, Chalmers, right? I saw an ad the other day for a school. Like I was playing video pool on my phone. Thank you. And video ad pops up. I can't remember what school district it was from. It was in the state somewhere. But it was like showing like an ad for the school district. And it shows like a kid walking and getting bullied. And then the teacher coming over being like, rah, rah, rah. And the bullies being like, ugh. And they're like, this is how we get down in school district 57 or whatever it was. I'm like, part of going to school is learning how to stick up for yourself. Mm -hmm. Totally. And learning how to get along with other kids. Yes, if kids cross the line, there's teachers and principals to be yep. the law of the land. Yeah. But I just wonder, like, what's going to be the unintended consequence of, like, how passive-aggressively weird are I think are we're seeing it. Get? Like, I literally think we're seeing it. I just think outrage yeah. culture you is know. is predicated because you don't have the time. It, nobody's been given the opportunity to actually, like, have to get a thick skin to them, right? Like, well, well I've, I've been bullied, right? Got yeah. me a thick skin. I learned how to be funny. I learned how to be quick. Yeah. And I learned how to give it back if they ever gave it to me. Yeah. Did I use it for bullying? Well, I don't know. I don't remember. It was just a way, it was like a survival technique, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you just, you received it, you gave some, you know, I didn't stand up getting up every day going, I can't wait to go pick on some kid today. Well, and you're something. not offended down mm-hmm. to your fucking and you're not offended. by and something I'm, I'm, to you. As a, as a person with a six-year-old and an eight-year-old in grade one and grade three, nothing, every day when they come home and I, and I, and I read their demeanor, if they're not happy, my initial reaction is, what happened at school today? Did somebody do something to you? Did somebody bully you, right? And you want to protect them. And I have to find myself like taking a step back and being like, you've got to learn to, like if if this happened and I'm going to try to give you the tools, you know, to toughen up, to just like, to be able to disarm somebody like Mm -hmm. that from being able to have that power over you, right? Mm -hmm. Where instead of just being like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, let's go make this person feel like shit. You're not arming them with the fucking equipment that it's going to take to get through life and when you get a job and your boss is telling you that you did a shitty job at something you're not gonna know how to deal with like it register a complaint yeah, you're gonna be like oh i gotta go register no you did a shitty fucking job exactly we need people who can do good jobs so at the same time that brands and like people are in the cancel culture right where you did something and now you're canceled remember the guy who put the sign up for the venmo for the bush light beer or whatever it was yeah so he's like, my beer supply is running low. Venmo me Just money. a joke. No, no. No, it was a joke. But real it, Venmo. Yeah, no, no. It was a real thing. Money starts pouring, pouring in. in. $2 million. He's giving it all to a children's hospital. Right? Very nice. The, the beer company, whoever it was, because there's like, they just like desperately want to get involved with good stories. They're like, oh, wicked. We're going to give you a lifetime supply of beer. I think it was lifetime. Maybe it was a year. Uh-huh. And put your face on a can because you're a legend. So they like try to get involved with something and co-opt it and go way past and be so extra. Then they go through his tweets and find two tweets. No, a reporter did. Yeah. A reporter did. When he's like 16, he's like 24 now. Offside tweets, sure. 
Then it's like, you fucking dick. And the like the backlash of hate. And he's giving all the money to the children's hospital. The beer company's like, we're not giving you a beer can. We can't be a, we shit. can't be involved with this guy. It's awful. So uh. You're like, I held a sign up. And then society's pendulum swung really far this yeah. way. And I raised $2 million. And it's they were going to put my face on a beer. And then it swung all the way back. And now I live in the mountains. Our two, our two favorite things in society for people to do right now. Build somebody up. And then just take them down as hard as yeah, possible. Have it in an afternoon, man. Yeah. You have like a Venmo account with $2 million in it. And then you go to sleep and you wake up and you're like the biggest fucking villain in the history of the world. And then an afternoon later, no one remembers. It's a very weird thing to witness in society, I think. And people aren't actually offended either. That's the thing that annoys me. That would they, they're being offended because they don't want to be viewed as someone who's not offended almost. You know what I'm saying, right? You don't want to come off as insensitive, so you act offended. Mm-hmm. Back to Big Brother. How about when uh, Julie asked Nick about what was going on with the two ladies? Now, now that's good. Like that's oh, what they should do. Yeah, that's what I was waiting for. How about all being night. a piece of shit? Yeah. When can we, yeah. When can we just get back to some good old adultery <laughs> and fun? Hey, like, like, and why isn't he an asshole to women? And he fucking played with one's heart yeah. and then went to another one. I feel really bad then, for Bella. Like, well, yeah, I did but too. And she was like, "All I said was don't make an asshole." So now, guys, so now he's is he's 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 a bad dude because he did that. No, uh, he's ha- he's having the summer of Nick. And he's no having, one's given cat grief. No, they right. all threw around the world. I love you too, way too much. Telling everybody each other they love you. Maybe the generation needs to tone down the "I love yous." Maybe make it mean something first. Oh yeah, that's true. They just throw it out like it's a. I love you, Chalmers. <laughs> I love you too, man. Thank you. Even though that I'm that not out, yeah. Chalmers, but you got a Venmo account. <laughs> so back to any, any, anyways, like the, the Mickey thing. I, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I just wanted to like play both sides and be like, Mickey did do some things <laughs> that could be viewed as this, but yeah, on the stuff that they're really trying to hang on to, I don't agree with. And I just feel like they stole a guy's thunder who fucking willed his way For to sure. win Big Brother. I think he's one of the top ten Big Brother players ever. Yeah, I, I don't. Think, I don't like him. I no. respect him. Yeah. I think Nick might be one of the top ten Big Brother players ever. From you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. uh, Play ya. He looks right. like such a goof. Yeah. Hey. But he made it happen. An air horn. That's a Jamaican air horn I've been asking for. <laughs> I love that thing. That sounded good too. That's perfect the amount of pee pee pews. Can we call? Oh, yeah. Can we one call this one? That's, too many. that's the Jamaican air horn I've been looking for. <laughs> I, I thought we were going to call it something because of Eric Griba when we talked to an NHL. Oh, you're check. Jesus Christ! That's fine. I didn't hear anything good in that whole interview. To be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> um, we're we're running out of time here. Did everyone get their big brother takes out? Yeah, I think I probably will be in trouble with mine, but I don't know. We, we went down, like, we lived up to our podcast name this week with real life. We, we cut into some real life issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. I think this was productive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Oilers season starts tomorrow, and I'm more excited for that than I am about anything. Oh, I can't wait. Um, Can I just start I haven't had everybody a- talking for one second? One of my favorite things about this podcast emerging is how much Yeremchuk hates the podcast. Yeah, he absolutely despises it. That he's like, Yeremchuk, you listen to the podcast? <laughs> Fuck no. This is the worst podcast ever. But I'm contractually obligated to sit here, I, record it, promote it on social media, and edit it. And if I we, hate this podcast. If we do live feeds of it, we just have to have a Yeremchuk. Because Yeremchuk The amount he rolls his show. eyes oh, and, just, yeah. and drops his hand with the mic when we start talking about something he doesn't want. But it's he funny. It's, it's like, one of my uh, favorite parts of being down here. Yeremchuk and I. 
disgusting. You're, I'm checking out. We're talking about uh, getting the video set up. So when, once we get educated on how we can run every, all the equipment, which we're getting a tutorial on Thursday. Nice. Uh, we're going to get it set up and we'll figure out how to block the <laughs> government faces <laughs> and make sure your Chuck is visible and Chalmers and everyone can see Chalmers and I go at it on Chumgate 2.0. No, because if we talk about it again, he might literally quit. <laughs> No, but we'll. No, well Chalmers, no, Chalmers. No, this will be the here last for 800 episodes, hating all 800. We'll be like, this is pretty good. Your <laughs> chick really hates us. Do I hate it, or am I? I I like to think I'm good at playing the character I need to play. Oh, I think oh, I, shit. You know, oh. everything is wrestling type yeah. of vibe. Like shit. You know, when we I'm on the lowdown, I know Jeez. how to crank up the young kid who knows nothing about history type of thing. And here, I like being a grouch. It is a natural. <laughs> it's a natural role for me to play, but I, I like do it. like the grouch role. Well, your M check keeps sliding us reports every month, showing our downloads going up. So something's working. Yeah, that's good. We've gone from twelve to thirteen. I think we've acquired we our thirteenth listener. Oh yeah! Shout out Strong Arm Sal, my boy on Twitter who oh, lived you off. Oh yeah, I love him. I, I guarantee you, he's listening. Right I guarantee he is. I, I, I like that guy. I, I shouted him out. I'm saying, dude, man, you listen to both shows, so respect. Yeah. And I respect the fact that he like takes the time to A, listen, and B, tell us off. I was not being flippant when I, with what I said to him. I seriously love that guy. He was fucking hilarious. I've talked to him before. Respect the fact you hate us. I don't care. I the also best. agree that I'm the worst on all podcasts. That was the best part, is he just went scorched earth after everyone. You're the worst. He told me, I'm no Lieutenant Eric. I was like, that doesn't even make sense. He has nothing to do with this. Uh, oh, that's good stuff. Um, shout out to Sal. Yeah, big shout out to Sal. Uh also, big I shout out to him. Eric Greiba, who gave us a Mary Brown's pop-in. Before we go, though, can you give me one hot Oilers prediction? But you can't just be like, they're going to make the playoffs or they're going to win the cup. It's got to be something different than that. I need, like, a red-hot Oilers prediction in the year. On Oilers Nation Radio, I said Zach Cassian scoring 30 goals. And fuck it, I'm standing by it And now. you got roasted I got for roasted, it. and I it don't give great. a shit. It was great. Okay, here, I'll the start The progression is there. If you look at math and trends, the math suggests... You will get 30. His goal scoring is exponential. Someone tweeted me with a bunch of math and was like, the most you could have said is 25. And I was like, well, the most I did say was 30. So hmm? shit. So if you drop a hot take of 30 and he scores 25, you're a fucking idiot. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go ahead and start that. My prediction is I am going to be shit face drunk at the nation season launch party. October 12th. Tickets are now on sale at nationgear.ca. That's a that's an obvious prediction. I like it. Chalmers looking on his phone. <laughs> clearly didn't listen to what Bang no, 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 just yeah, about He said he's going to be hammered at the launch bar. At the, the, the other at the thing some, I enjoy so, about this, Chalmers right now is Googling hot take. No, no, no. I have mine. Hot take. I have mine. I'm just looking for an exact stat. The other thing that's entertaining me about this podcast is how little anyone is fucking paying attention. Chalmers, like... You're difficult to talk to in real life because you're very busy. <laughs> Do a podcast, can't get I your heard attention. what he said. He's going to get J- drunk Jay at a bar like when a game is on or something. Doing fucking emails to about stuff during the podcast. Bag milk hasn't looked up from is the screen still, once okay. the entire time. I, I came in with my Oilers mug Here's my and a piece paper. of paper that says Green Day is the league tone deaf. Does he? Does he still eat beets? Oh yeah. Does, Sponsored. Now. Does Dan? Yeah, he's does a Nation pe- Dan he's a professional still, beet eater. Oh wow. Does Nation Dan still do the shorts thing and the no, running thing? No, 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 no. no. We had to put a guy. Yeah, He's uh, gonna Alberta Health and Safety leg. came yeah. in. Really? Oh. No. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you want me to go? Yeah. No. Go ahead. It's just podcast. Okay. I think my bold prediction is that Mike Smith will play eighty percent of the games this year. Fuck, I think he will gonna be get... a Mike Smith hot take. You oh, fucker! Now I gotta go. They said. Well, they said. Uh, Holland said that the goalies, Mike Smith and Mikko Koskinen, will sort it out by how they play, with one playing 45 or 50 and the other playing 35 or 45. If the two guys 
we can go to different guys. Or we got two guys. We can go to different guys. I don't think they're going to have to. I think he's going to take the job in the first month. Chalmers, I swear, if you just quoted an Edmonton Journal article on an Oilers Nation podcast, I'm going to fucking lose it. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Rightfully so, you're Chuck. I ain't got no dog in this fight. Jay? Wanye? <laughs> wow. I wow. think... Maybe so we won't I get collect, the fifth, I collect Mike. the same amount of money from both companies. I think my hot take is that both Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl will have better stats than last year. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I th- I, I, I think, think they're both going to build it. I think I think Leon could get sixty goals, man. Oh, you never know. Wow. If he, you, well, hey, hey, you you never know. I don't you know. never know. I'm just like wow, like sixty is a fucking number. Leon Drysaitel scores sixty goals, but I'm saying like he, <laughs> ha- yeah, he has it in him, scoring fifty. There were stretches last year where Drysaitel was quiet. And he scored 50 fucking goals. Like, that's unbelievable. Yeah. If they have a good year and the team does well, we'll see. But I'm going to predict both McDavid and Dreisaitl superior performance to last What uh, do we... So, Yurko is not playing in the home opener because yeah. he had a medical a procedure. Do, what What was it? Uh, had a testicle you, added. Absolutely. Oh, he's rocking a three-peat. Three nuts is crucial to his success uh jason greger said it was a minor procedure nothing to worry about but like no but, details but i need no we don't know like what body part was being no. procedured on Unfortunately, no. it's nuts man fox so, so he's only gonna play an 81 game season then health health that's, that's, that's yeah he's gonna get 50 points that is a hot take fuck yeah <laughs> james Neal gets at least one hat trick in october uh, yeah and his I, smile I, is so actually, bright no, I, I also want to do a fucking james neal take because i bought the third jersey james neal because I fucking believe in the trade so much. Well, we but, like, all just it, but do you have a take or you just want to tell well, us you got a jersey? <laughs> I, I, I think, fuck, I think James Neal has a better chance of getting 30 goals than Yurko has getting 50 points. So I'm. you choose which one I, is my take. My other take is 80% Both. of people in Edmonton feel bad for Sam Gagne. Yeah, that's a tough. Break. I feel bad, but you know what? I feel like, bad, you but just you, business is business. I exactly. Understand. You can't you can't keep him on the team if he's not earned deserving of a spot. So mm-hmm. He get three point one million US. Yeah, right. he's, he's fine. His new he's house in Edmonton, okay. it'll be all right. His new yeah, triplet is his third know, kid. I don't buy that it'll shit. be all right. Doesn't matter. Gaetan Haas will be, right. be a factor. Not, he no, won't. he's mad. No, no, he's mad now. Moving your family four times in five years, he's not going to be all right. Putting fourteen million in the bank, but I love Sam Gagne. I wish he was fucking captain. I thought he was going to be one time. It's bullshit, but he'll be all right. Green Day is going to have a number one si- single because of this NHL deal. Can you all imagine right? the excitement of the Columbus Blue Jackets slash Green Day fans right now? There's three of them. <laughs> as long as they get better music on NHL 20, because the stuff on 19 is just like from no-name bands. NHL 20's out. Yeah, as long as there's better songs. I haven't played it yet, your M. Chuck, so I don't know if there's better songs on it yet. 19 has shitty songs. in 16, so you so far ahead. When, Joaquin when did Nygaard is going to win uh, NHL's fastest December. skater. Oh, shit. Okay, Jay is it. now just hollering random things. <laughs> um, I, I think this is a good spot. To, bitch is creaking to a close. To Yurko up. or Yurcho in check is the answer. All right. Uh, I think this is a good spot to wrap things up. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Nation Real Life. Episode 141 is over. Ethan Bear is not a bear. He is a man. <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com 
Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.